Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing all right. What's going on? Uh, not too much. It's been a minute since we've uh, done a show. I think we've only done like two or three this whole season, so uh, we should be able to get back on a little bit more consistent uh, track here going forward. But um, we're t- tonight we're going to talk about you know all the the, the misery that is <laughs> being a, being a Tennessee Titans fan right now. Um, before we do that, remind, remind you, MuseumMiracles.com is where you can find all of our work. Check us out there. Uh, this podcast, uh, you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Music City Miracles. Uh, that's our feed. You get our show and Titans Film Room Radio with uh, James and Justin. They've been doing a great job there. Um, so if you subscribe to the feed, you get you get both of our shows whenever they're available. Um, all right. So, you know, I, we're at a point now where it's really time to close the book on the Marcus Mariota era with the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, and listen, if you followed us throughout our different ventures over the, the life of Mariota's time with the Titans, you know that up until, what, midway through last year and even into this offseason, um, we were two of the biggest Mariota supporters that there were, um, you know, and talked about all of the I don't know, extenuating circumstances, whatever you want to call it, the different things that had gone wrong with coaching changes and injuries and coordinators, coordinators that were terrible and all that stuff. Um, we were, you know, saying if we can get this, if we can get that, if we can get this, then, you know, maybe we can see what Marcus Mariota can be. We still believe he can be a franchise quarterback. Well, at this point, look, we're in year five. Um, it, it, regardless of, of who calls the plays, it, it's the same thing. And it's obvious at this point that he is broken. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night. Mike Vrabel said at his press conference today, basically that they will, uh, they're going to make that evaluation at some point tonight or tomorrow. They'll tell the guys, they'll tell the team, and then he'll let the media know. I'm assuming they'll make it official on Wednesday because I don't think he talks to the media again until Wednesday. Uh, I would be surprised if something doesn't leak out on Tuesday, it, it, assuming that they're going to let people know on Tuesday. But at this point, I, I have no idea what they're, what they're going to do. I know what I would do if I were them. I would go with Tannehill just because, like I said, Marcus Mariota is clearly broken at this point. I don't think he's coming back from that here. Um, so I, I think that you have to run Tannehill out there and see if you can even just get average play from him because you've got a great defense. If you can get average quarterback play, then, I, I mean, hey, there's, there's a possibility you could still even salvage this season. But either way, I think it's pretty clear at this point that we're going to be spending a lot of time this offseason leading up to the draft talking about quarterback prospects. Yeah, and let's just talk about how Mariota played real quick. I mean, missing swing passes to, to Derrick Henry out in the flats, just just the most routine throws, uh, throwing them in the dirt, you know, eight-yard out routes, just throwing them in the dirt, just – really bad just really bad accuracy uh in the pocket you know that that's been his downfall this year i think and i don't don't think a lot of people understand um you know what a quarterback means kind of in pass protection and how he can make it look different i think mariota has been just putrid in in the pocket this year uh walking into sacks walking into his own guy uh you know dropping his eyes uh, Broncos had what five sacks coming in? They were last in the league. They had three in the first half, and I'd put almost all of those on on Marcus himself. So, 
Uh, I, I don't know what happened. I, I, you know, we've talked about it at length. Uh, nobody knows what happened. Uh, somewhere along the way, through the, all the injuries, through all the coaching changes, uh, this guy got broken mentally. So, um, you know, I, I tweeted during the game, I don't know if Tannehill's going to be any better, but you've got to find out. You know, and, and I thought you made a really good point uh, before we hopped on. You owe it to this defense, uh, who's playing like a top three group in this league, to see what Tannehill had. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't much better. But I think now that you've taken this step, I, I think you've got to roll with Tannehill. See what happens. Let him game plan for a week. Uh, let him kind of get settled into the job and, and just see. Because we've seen what Marcus Mariota is this year. You know, we were both kind of hoping that he was banged up last year um, with, with the nerve deal. And uh, we were both kind of hoping that that was limiting him. It's pretty clear that, that this is just who he is right now. So uh, if, if he's going to play at that level, you've got to, to at least see what you've got in Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and listen, we can talk about Arthur Smith. Um, I mean, he's not it, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I think that's become pretty apparent through the first six weeks of this season. Um, we can talk about it. I mean, that's, the thing is, what we've, what we've always said is, well, let, let's see if he can stay healthy. Let's see what he can do. Well, you know, we're we're six weeks in now, haven't had an injury to this point, and it's it's just bad. He he just looks bad. So I don't know. And at some at some point, we can have a conversation. We can play the what if game. You know, what if they would have? You know, there was that rumor that the Chargers wanted to trade up to get Mariota, and they could have gotten Philip Rivers as, as part of a package deal. What if that would have happened? What if Ryan Day would have come? You know, that was the guy that that Mike Vrabel apparently initially wanted. When they ended up hiring Matt Lafleur last year, what what would this offense look like if Ryan Day were here? Um, I mean, so there's there's all kinds of things like that. But at the end of the day, then like that, none of those things happened. The Titans lost Matt Lafleur to the Packers. Um, they did not do an offensive coordinator search. They just hired Arthur Smith, the guy that they had in house. Um, I, you know, and maybe I, I was reading something the other day. Somebody's talking about like when Dow Loggins became the offensive coordinator. A guy that had been here, that had worked with different coaches and all that stuff, and a guy that I'm sure was really good at breaking down film, at you know, um, looking, describing a team's weaknesses and that kind of stuff. But there's a big leap from being able to do that and you know, compiling a report for the offensive coordinator or the head coach. There's a big jump from doing that versus calling plays in game, making the game plan, all of that stuff. And at this point, it just really looks like. Arthur Smith just doesn't doesn't have what what it takes to, to call plays in the NFL. I mean, I, I just go back to the um, the little swing pass they threw to Deion Lewis on that third down, where it was the most obvious play. I mean, you yeah. can see as soon as as soon as Deion Lewis went in motion, you knew what they were going to do, and they had what three guys out there and tackled him for a two yard loss. You know, it just it's just that kind of stuff. It just seems like th- there's no I don't know. <laughs> it just there's nothing there. Uh, it, it's, it's just it's the most frustrating thing. It's so frustrating that you know this is the team that, that we've chosen to love, and that um, you know watching them is it's just depressing. And it's not even like I don't even get mad anymore. Like yeah, there was there was no point in the game yesterday. Well, other than uh, the one point I was mad was when uh, Marcus Mario took the first snap of the second half. But other than that, like there 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 was no point in that game that I was mad because it was. You, you just you just kind of have come to expect it. The offense is not good. They're going to look terrible. The defense is going to keep them in a game. Eventually, they're going to give up something because 
you know, obviously if you don't score any points, you can't win. So, but there's no reason to get fired up about it anymore because that, that's just who this team is going to be this year, apparently. Yeah, and I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, you know, you talked about all the the revolving doors of of offensive coordinators there. Yeah, Mariota had what Terry Rubisky, a, a receivers coach, um, for the Falcons uh, before that. Uh, what Matt Lafleur, who, who had never called plays before, uh, was brought in to to be his savior to 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 come fix Marcus Mariota, and then you get Arthur Smith, a, a position coach. I mean, it, look. We've made a ton of excuses for Marcus Mariota, but you've got to admit it's not exactly a, a first-class coaching staff that he's had here. Uh, he hasn't really had, you know, the, the opportunity to, to be coached by um, you know, proven, successful NFL offensive geniuses here. So it, it falls back on me. It falls on John Robinson. It, it falls on ownership uh, for going in these different directions. You know, we can talk about Mike Vrabel. I, I, we've, I've been on the fence with Vrabel, you know, dating back to last year. You know, you wanted a guy that could come in and, and really help Marcus Mariota along. Thought you had a chance to do something interesting, do something outside the box, do something with an offensive philosophy because that's where you struggled. Uh, and you hire a linebacker out of the NFL for five years who was the defensive coordinator in Houston and wasn't even very good at that. Uh, so the whole leader of men thing, um, looking back on that, it's just frustrating. I, I mean, what does Mike Vrabel bring to the table that makes him different from another head coach? I mean, is there anything, is there any redeeming quality uh, that he has? I, I mean, it just seems like a guy that's leaning on his coordinators. You know, this is Dean P's defense, um, and, and he'll tell you that. And, and that group is performing really well. I, I just don't know what Mike Vrabel brings to the table uh, and you talked about it, all those decisions that he's made, uh, how, how he handled that Colts game at the end, going for it uh, in the Chargers game last year. We can stack up those decisions, you know, sticking with Adoree Jackson, that punt returner, for so long. Uh, I, I just don't think he's anything special right now as a head coach. Um, and, and, you know, that head coach spot, offensive coordinator and quarterback are holding back what, you know, looks on paper to be a really, really good roster. Uh, you know, and there's no debating that Titans have an outstanding defense. So it's just kind of frustrating to see that part of this being wasted. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. I mean, I, you know, I changed my Twitter handle to Fire Mike Vrabel. Um, and, and listen, I was out. It, it, there, there are just certain things that you see, and a guy that's a head coach cannot make mistakes. The clock management at the end of the Colts game is one of those things that, like, you know, like the, the, the Chargers' decision last year. Like he's aggressive, that's fine. Like I get, I get it. I, I didn't necessarily agree with it, but like I, I was fine with it. Um, you know, there, there's certain things like that going for it. We talked about. I don't know. I can't remember the last time we did what we did a show was. But you know, the decision to go for it on fourth down in the Falcons game when the field goal puts you know basically puts the game out of reach. Um, you, you know, th- those types of things. Like it's aggressive. It, it's it's stupid sometimes. Um, but like with that, with with the Falcons' decision, like I get what he was going for. You, you you get the first down there, you go score a touchdown. The game is over, like it's done. Um, so okay, like whatever. But running Santos out there to try the fourth field goal against the Bills last week, like that's just inexcusable to me. Running Adoree Jackson out there to return punts this season, period, 
was inexcusable. <laughs> yeah, right. But especially putting him back out there in the Jaguars game after that first one. Like, I, I just I, I can't understand what you're doing there. And, and you say, well, we want to give a guy a chance. Okay, fine. But, like, y- you knew he couldn't do it. So, like, at some point you have to – you have to be the the leader of men, right? And say, look, we're we're going we're going a different direction here, and, and you have to be able to you have to be able to make that call, like like with Santos last week. I mean, you know, we can get into all that and whatever, but at the end of the day, Santos was a less than fifty percent on field goals, fifty yards or further in his career, and he'd already missed three in that game. There was no way he was going to make that kick. There was no way. It was never going to happen. And listen, I get it. You don't have any confidence in your offense to pick up that fourth down. Like, I understand that, so punt it. Like, I, I mean, I, I think field goal was, like, the third best choice there. Um, I, I mean, I, I, they should have gone for it, but it, but it, you're might you you're better off punting it because then at least you, you back them up instead of giving them the ball from where, where the spot where you kicked it. So it's just stuff like that. And I, 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 mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I've watched enough coaches at, in different levels. to You can see when a guy has it and when a guy doesn't. And a lot of times you – you see it early on that a guy doesn't have it, and then they can kind of get it together a little bit. But ultimately, I really just do think there are some things that if you if you see a guy not making the correct decisions, they're not going to they're not going to get any better at that. And I just kind of feel like that's where we are at Vrabel. And then, like you said, let's take those decisions out of it. What is he what is he bringing to this team? What, what's he doing? I mean, and, and, you know, and listen, press conferences are not to be all end all or whatever, but like we get the same thing every week. We got to coach better. We got to do this better. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it fixed. We'll watch the tape. But then it's just the same stuff over and over and over. And so if he's not this, you know, this leader of men that can get these guys fired up, because I really feel like the, the reason that they wanted Vrabel instead of a guy like Mike Malarkey was because they didn't think that. You, you know that M- Malarkey could fire the guys up or whatever it was, lead them in that way. Well, how has Vrabel been any different? Like you still have the you still have the performance where they come out flat. You still have the random games where they lay an egg where it doesn't feel like they should. And like you said, he's not he's obviously not maximizing the offensive talent. Now maybe that's not necessarily. I mean, ultimately his his job or but I mean ultimately it is. So I, I just I, I just I don't know. I feel like we're at a point where you just need to blow it all up and start over. We need a new head coach. We need an offensive coordinator. We obviously need a new quarterback. I, I, I just I don't see any way around that right now. And it sucks. Listen, it's week six, right? I mean, there, there's still a lot of season left to be played. There's still a lot of things that can change. But I just don't see any way around that at this point. Yeah, and the frustrating thing is that this defense is so good. And it's going to yeah. sound weird. But the defense is so good that they're going to win games. So you're not going to just lose and secure a top five pick. You're going to be picking, what, 8 to 12 to 14, somewhere in there. The Titans are going to win five or six games just because of this defense. If they get average play, and look, it'll get better. I'm sure it'll get better. It can't get any worse. Uh, So Tannehill will come in here and and be a a bottom 10 tier quarterback and – and win a few games and you know off the vinyl get better but there's just I, I can't sell you like if someone came up to me and was like sell me on watching these last few titans games here i can't i can't i, I just I, I tell them to go do something better with their time I, I just don't see that light at the end of the tunnel and it's like you said it, it just feels like we're to a point of where you need to blow it up 
But then I take a step back and I say, wait a minute, they've got a really good defense assembled here. You know, they've got a really nice young receiving core, I think, uh, you know, even though they haven't put up the numbers. Um, you, you know, you've got some pieces on that offensive line. Uh, I, I just think they could be really good. But how do you blow it up? How do you blow up a coaching staff uh, in year two that your GM handpicked, you know, and then you got to go find some sort of quarterback, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a, a, a drafted guy. I, I don't know if you can do all that. Um, I think John Robinson deserves some heat, you know, and that's something we haven't really talked about yet. But, you know, Roger Saffold coming in here and uh, just doesn't seem like the, the greatest team guy when you look at these locker room uh, comments that he's making. Now you've got Delaney Walker, you know, kind of coming at the Titans' Twitter account tonight for putting on uh, that uh, Mariota or, or Tannehill, um, that, that tweet out there. So it just seems like this locker room is starting to slowly deteriorate. And, you know, we've seen in the past a quarterback battle will certainly do that. So I think it's going to get worse there. Uh, but I think the heat has to start coming down on John Robinson a little bit. And I hate that because, uh, you know, he, he's really flipped this roster over. Um, he just hasn't gotten that production, at quarterback, which is obviously so vital. Yeah, so uh, coming up we'll talk a little bit about the John Robinson piece in this because I think you're right. I think he does deserve more heat than he's gotten. Um, and, and I think, you know, well, he's four drafts now. Um, so, I mean, we're, yeah. we're to the point to where he his, his, his handprints are on this roster. Um, so, yeah, coming up, we'll, we'll take a little bit of, a little bit deeper look at that. All right. So, I mean, John Robinson has obviously done some things really well. Like you said, he turned the roster over. Um, the roster is definitely more talented top to bottom than it was when he inherited it because uh, again um, you're talking about it it really couldn't get any worse than than what it was when when he took over but there's still the few issues that he just for whatever reason he he can't he hasn't fixed the offensive line is obviously the most glaring one Um, and, and it just seems that it doesn't matter what they do um, you got high draft picks. You've got high dollar free agents. Um, you've got mid round draft picks. You've got, I mean, just all these different things that they've tried to combine to to make this thing work. And it's just still, it's still not, it's still not there. It, it, it's still the the obvious, the easily the worst unit on the team. Um, and you're now, what do you do? I mean, you you you're paying Roger Saffold. You're not going to sit him down. You don't have a better option anyway. Um, I mean, I guess you could, I guess you could argue maybe Dennis Kelly, but I think Dennis Kelly needs to be playing right guard. So I mean, th- there's just all kinds of issues there. He has not been able to fix that. I, I, again, I, I think you have a short-sighted head coaching search. Um, I, you didn't conduct an offensive coordinator search. Now I don't know how much say Robinson Vrabel. I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, how all that exactly worked out. But those are the things, and ultimately, John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, everybody was brought in to maximize the talent of Marcus Mariota. I mean, you, you said it before we came on. Ken Wisenhunt got fired because he was not doing right by Marcus Mariota. Mike Malarkey got fired because he was not maximizing Marcus Mariota's talent. Mike Vrabel presumably was brought in to do that, but how is he doing that? Like you said, I mean, he's a linebacker. Um, you, you know that's not really his his thing. So I mean, like 
I, I don't know. That's just that's been the charge for this group since they drafted Mariota, and John Robinson has had a big hand in that over the last few seasons, and he still has not been able to get that done. Yeah, and I go back to you know Adore Jackson. There, there's a question mark he's got there. I go back to those three second round picks he had when he first got here. He came away with Derrick Henry, Austin Johnson, and, and Kevin Dodd. Uh, so he's he's had his misses. I mean, you can you can point to Corey Davis. I, I still think Corey Davis is a good player, uh, but you know you take that guy with the fifth overall pick, um, hadn't really brought an impact to this offense. So you you can nitpick here and there. Like you said, he's absolutely flipped this roster. But um, I I think my big thing is the the coaching search or, or lack thereof. You know, it just seems like he hired his buddy. Hired, uh, and, and any time that you see that, any time across in college football, NFL, it almost never works. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, like uh, hiring Vrabel to fix Marcus Mariota, and and look, they clearly you were bringing in Matt Lafleur to to fix Marcus Mariota. That didn't work. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ryan Day before. Maybe that was a backup plan, but it just seems so odd to to make that defensive hire leader of men to come fix your quarterback uh and it didn't happen and, and you know people are going to say well Mariota's dragged all these coaches down well there was a, a point in time not too long ago where we thought a lot of Marcus Mariota uh and, and every Titans fan out there did and, and it just it just fell apart so uh I, I, just a series of, of unfortunate events that has, have doomed this franchise and I just hate I hate watching bad offense Titans have ranked in the bottom five of what the last three, four years, it, it seems. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, you, you've got to blame John Robinson for that. I mean, how can you not? You're not seeing any improvement out of the most important position on the field. And at some point, it has to come back on him. Hey, hang on for just a sec. Yeah, and again, like it, it, it just stinks that these are the conversations that we're having in week six. I mean, you said his last few games, there's still 10 games left, you know? <laughs> it's like, it, it, that's the frustrating point. I just want it to be part is, Yeah, <laughs> like, you want it to just be a few games. And that sucks, too, because we look, I mean, the, think about how long the offseason was and how, you know, how much we were looking forward to Titans football, and, and, and it's just, it's over already, you know? But, yeah, I mean, these are just the conversations we're going to have. And who knows? Like I said, we don't know who they're going to start next week. Um, I I think it'll be Tannehill. I mean, I think that's the pretty obvious choice. But there have been a lot of things that Mike Frable has done that, you know, and I think this has to be an organizational choice as well. Um, I, I think that John Robinson and maybe even Amy Adams Strunk weigh in on this decision because, I mean, it's, it's a – it's a big deal because if you if you if you go to you can come back from you know benching Mario in his last game you can say we need a spark we're going to go back to him I, I don't I don't agree with that but if that's what they decide they want to do but if you start Ryan Tannehill against the Chargers then Mariota's done like that's it and so I mean you, you know everybody's got to be comfortable with, with that being the case I think they should be who knows but um, we'll, we'll kind of see how all that plays out I, like I said I think we'll get an answer. Uh, probably on Tuesday, but at least by Wednesday, I, I think we'll know who's going to start against the Chargers. So obviously, we'll keep you up to date on all of that stuff. But again, man, it just it just stinks that these are the conversations that we're having after Week Six. But here we are. So <laughs> anyway, 
Um, all right, so that'll do it for tonight. Again, not, not a whole lot of like game analysis, but there wasn't. I mean, what are you going to break down? Offense was terrible. Defense all zero good. points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just not there's not a whole lot to go go on from there. So anyway, like I said, we'll we'll, we'll monitor the quarterback situation as we go this week, um, and, and we'll 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 get another show in before the Chargers game. Uh, just kind of reset with that decision and, and kind of everything that that goes on from there. In the meantime, you see miracles dot com. You can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jim Morris MCM. Terry is at T Lambert TN. Um, and then, like I said, you can get the show. Where you get your podcast, just search out Music City Miracles. That's where you get the feed. Um, if you want to leave us a, a five-star review, that'd be awesome. Leave us a review, um, any of that kind of stuff. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to MCM Radio, and we will talk to you again later this week.